millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT, AW Dynamite. AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a very good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Cedric to review Friday night SmackDown. And what did you make of the best wrestling show of the week? It was terrible, but, but <laughs> stick around if this is a selling point to the end of the podcast. I'm going to be incredibly effusive in my praise hmm. for one particular segment. You could probably guess which one it is. It was incredible. It made me actually feel something. It was informed by the prior however many weeks mm-hmm. of television. And when this happens, you realize, oh, it's probably worth watching the TV, at least on this occasion, to arrive at a, a storyline that just intensifies with every week, which is what you're meant to do on episodic TV. Mm-hmm. And so much else on this godforsaken show was, oh, I saw this last week, or what I saw however many weeks ago makes it impossible to invest in this thing this week. The rule is, if you actually apply thought to what you, you you are doing, if you actually tell stories with a long-term direction, any storyboard, everything, uh, the wrestling's good. If you just do stuff with no intention of paying it off or just trying things and just repeating stuff, I will be incredibly bored. But segment at the end was incredible. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, an all-over-the-place show, but uh, I'm sure... Just like Michael Sidgwick, I was a huge fan of the uh, the kiss cam, which is obviously what he's referring to there. But before we get to that, uh, <laughs> let's start at the beginning of this show. Um, fan- fantastic opening, I thought, Sid. Do you know why? Five minutes of recaps, baby. Oh, what a start of this show. And then we got to uh, Ronda Rousey. Uh, Ronda Rousey segment in the ring. Michael Cole stood in there. He introduces Ronda Rousey. He gets a heat bab. Uh, they get Ronda the chance and what have you. Uh, and he asks her about returning two years, uh, more than two years uh, after we last saw her in the wrestling ring at the Royal Rumble. Uh, she talked about breaking her hand in her uh, last WrestleMania match, WrestleMania 35. Uh, and she went off and rehabbed that. And then when that got better, she broke her other hand. And then while she was rehabbing that, she got pregnant, which is fantastic news. And she went off and gave birth. Um, and then she said she'd worked out with her due date and given sufficient time because I really feel like I have to reiterate this for certain 
male wrestling fans, just because a woman is given birth does not mean that the next week she's ready to return to a wrestling ring. Physically, it's it's a bit of an ordeal, I've been told, giving birth. So all those people who are like, well, if they give birth in December, back for the rumble, I think. No, anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she talked about giving them out of time. She knew she could come back and win the Rumble and main event WrestleMania again. And she wanted to do that, she said, because of her mother, who won the world championships in judo. Uh, she was a single mom as well. And she worked towards her engineering degree. Really inspirational stuff, I thought this. Um, and then Cole runs down all of Rousey's incredible accomplishments. First woman to main event in the UFC. First woman to win a uh, women's title in the UFC. First woman to be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. And of course, one of the first women to headline WrestleMania. Mania. Uh, but Rousey said, look, thanks, thanks for all that. But I always prefer to, to look forward to, to what's next. And she wanted to beat Charlotte Flair, tap her out for the first time in a long time uh, and win that SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, and Cole said, well, yeah, you're in the ring with her, of course, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and he said, you had no problems in the tag match with, with Sonya Deville, but it's fair to say Charlotte Flair was a different story. And they show highlights of her getting posted and beaten up by Charlotte Flair in the Elimination Chamber because, as Cole reiterates, she had one arm tied behind her back. Uh, but this brings out Charlotte Flair, who comes down and winds Rousey up, basically. Uh, and she promised to beat Rousey, tap her out of WrestleMania and send her home so she can, in better news for her, work on baby number two. And in the midst of all this, Sonya Deville slides in and attacks uh, Ronda Rousey from behind. She hits her with a chop block. Uh, Flair comes down to the ring and slams uh, Rousey's surgically repaired leg against the post. Um, but as Charlotte Flair is watching uh, Sonya Deville berate uh, Ronda Rousey, of course, Ronda Rousey fires up, hoys her over her head, kicks her out of the ring. And uh, we have a, a stare down between Flair and Rousey to close this opening segment. <sighs> useless did nothing to create investment in the match the dynamic is still all wrong what you have here is a typical wwe development and it's just so exhausting at this point you have a wrestler doesn't matter if they're a baby face or a heel all the scripts are the same just have one writer <laughs> listing her wikipedia page i could read that if i was so interested I could just I could just read the Wikipedia page, but no, mm. you get the Wikipedia page of all the accomplishments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, of course, they're impressive. I do not need to be reminded of that. If anything, the professional wrestler should be booked in angles, promos, or segments in which they embody the achievements rather than just list them. The show don't out. tell. Show don't tell. Show show don't tell. Exactly, Wilborn. This summoned Charlotte Flair. And this is when the, the the problems with the dynamic reveal themselves. Ronda Rousey has got an expression on her face like there's a northeast of England idiom, right? Mainly like Newcastle. She looks like got a face like a smacked ass. <laughs> like, uh, looks like she could not want to be there less. I don't know if she's just not interested at all. I don't know if it's her attempt to scowl and appear intimidating. It just, it just radiates boredom. In contrast to that, you've got Charlotte Flair with her insufferable cadence. It's anyone can be irritating. It's not good heel heat. Anyone can be incredibly irritating. You meet incredibly irritating people in your everyday life. And while you might want to smack them, like when you see that kind of behavior and that kind of disposition on television, you're not desperate for someone to beat them up. You're just desperate to just get away from that. It's like, yeah. I, I, I feel enough irritation. It's not entertaining. It's not love to hate. It's just pure and utter irritation. Um, and it's not helped by the fact that she's doing this where Ronda Rousey's just stood there looking bored. And I'm thinking, I don't like any of this. I don't like anyone involved. 
the idea of preserving the confrontation between Rousey and Charlotte Flair is sound on paper. Um, another authority figure just being evil for evil's sake because it's a plot device doesn't interest me at all because I've lived through 20 years of this. Um, I was just completely bored, senseless by all of this, mildly irritated and mostly just bored and numb to the fact that I'm watching people who don't really want to be there or people who've just played an insufferable role for far too long that the heat's long since gone. And yet principally the idea of them preserving the, the first physical interaction or the meat of it is a good idea, but so much of this is just, ugh, can't be asked. Yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. And I think you might be right in what you've said there in terms of why I just, just couldn't get on board with this. Because I'm, I'm ready and willing to, to really get on board with this. I feel like you have the perfect heel for a Ronda Rousey that, let's be honest, fans weren't really sure about when she returned. They were you know, a huge pop for a return. But then when you're trying to position her, yeah, unless you've got someone like who's despised like Charlotte Flair, yeah, there's a good reason why they didn't do the Becky Lynch match, in my opinion. And like you say, I'd rather this than uh, the weird build we got with Sasha and Bianca last year. Oh, can they coexist? No, obviously not. So let's just have her this week get attacked by and next week beat up and destroy Sonya Deville in Miami, I want to say, they, they advertised. Um, so that'll be a bit of, you know, a big show for them. And that kills another week. And we're probably only about three weeks away from WrestleMania at that point. So like you say, what? Physical confrontation, contract signing and something else. And then you're basically there at WrestleMania. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm trying to remember prior to the sort of post-Survivor Series turn, what I really liked about Ronda Rousey. And I think, you know what it was? Is she's got this, you don't need to remind me about, you don't need to remind me, maybe you need to remind more casual fans, but you don't need to remind me of her UFC pedigree because it's Ronda Rousey. You had Conor McGregor there, you wouldn't have to be like, do you remember when Conor McGregor knocked out Josie Aldo? It's like, no, everyone remembers this. I think I liked it most when she seemed, this is going to sound incredibly patronising, seemed a bit more cheerful. I loved it when she was, like genuinely like clearly uh, loving what she was doing. But the moment someone crossed her or the moment it was time to get it on, that transformation happened. I think the problem is, is she's just constantly in like the, I'm here to kick some ass mode. And I, I think that may be what it is. What do you reckon? Yeah, there's just the complete and utter lack of vibrancy in her performance, the lack of light to it. Um, she just looked thrilled to be there once upon a time. And I just think she's taken the booze that she was subjected to at Survivor Series 2018 yeah. so personally. And she's just never, ever forgotten that. And she needs to forget it. Um, she needs to start working, basically. Yeah. Um, won't want to be Sonya Deville this week, basically. Um, and unsurprisingly, actually, we go backstage and there's Sonya Deville with uh, Postman Pierce watching what's just happened, going, what are you thinking where's your jacket uh and he basically at that point confirmed yeah it was going to be uh deville versus ronda rousey on what is now this week's forthcoming smackdown and then we got a uh, a very special match Sige. it was los lotharios versus the new day yep <laughs> and it was apparently the rubber match i felt like i've seen this match about five times i love the new day i really like los lotharios but this is now in that groove of matches that we often get where they just go, just keep doing the same match again and again and 
again and then we can make it into like this big oh well they're even <laughs> it's six all and they got the, who's gonna win the feud or whatever um some breadcrumbs on this show i noticed mcafee talking about vince mcmahon coming on his podcast we'll get to that uh, and inexplicably on the road to wrestlemania michael sidrick the new day i've got an atv who's that remind me of anyway um it's an early birthday present uh, to Big E from kofi kingston um and at this point we also got uh, Los Lotharios, the Lethal Lovers, whatever WWE dubbing them that's alliterative this week. Uh, they do the kiss cam, and there is Kayla Sparks, um, who also appeared on AW Rampage on Friday night, which is an incredible achievement. Not many people have been able to do that, so I really uh, had a weird enjoyment out of that when you see that. I think we had it maybe last year. I think one of, like, Lashley's ladies was on AW at the same time or around the same time. Anyway, let's get to the match. Um we kind of see these guys do do a lot together, but I was I was invested in some of the near falls. I want the new day to obviously be victorious. Um, Big E does Big E things, beats down Umberto, forearms to the back. Uh, Kingston jumps over Big E and lands on Umberto, arse first, basically on his face for a near fall. Um, Kingston ends up on the apron. Angel causes a distraction. Umberto takes advantage, knocks Kingston off the apron, and then Los Lotharios uh, dominate after knocking uh, Big E off the apron and chucking Kingston into the side of the ring to take us to break. When we come back, he's obviously still in control. Um, but Kingston fights back and hits that double foot stomp of his on Angel. Big E gets the hot tag, belly to belly suplex on Umberto. Splash sets up for the big ending, but Umberto gets out of that. And uh, nails Big E with a super kick. Uh, Kingston goes to the SOS. Uh, Angel sends him out to the floor, hits him with a suicide dive, uh, but then gets distracted just looking at the ATV, basically. That allows Kingston to recover. Uh, and he runs around and jumps off the stairs and nails him. And uh, Big E hits Umberto with a belly-to-belly -belly suplex on the floor. Um, Kingston and Angel get back into the ring. He goes for a, Kingston does, goes for that springboard clothesline of his. The flying nothing effectively to get battered by a brilliant super kick from Angel. But as uh, Angel's setting up to something off the top rope, Big E threatens to run over Umberto Carrillo in the ATV. Unsurprisingly, this distracts him. Uh, that allows Kingston to take advantage. He attacks Angel and New Day hit him with the midnight hour for the one, two, three. I thought this was quite fun, you know, Sige. Yeah, this is quite fun. I saw a lot of criticism that the baby face is threatening to run someone over with the, the vehicle. I told you that there would be a vehicle on the road to WrestleMania. Yes! Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I, I, they always do it. There's just a compulsion within WWE to get a vehicle on telly at this time of year. It's just... Are you saying this is the first of many in the new game that people may not have heard of? Baby, you, baby, can, drive. you can drive my watch. <laughs> So I saw a few people complain that the baby face did it, but like it's Biggie, he could like do something heinous, but he's such a great guy that it doesn't really matter. And I'm all for like a little bit of daft, irreverent stuff in my pro wrestling, particularly when I've seen the pro wrestling done pretty much precisely like this for the three weeks prior. I don't mind Orange Cassidy doing a little bit of cheating. I don't mind Big E doing a little bit of attempted vehicular manslaughter either. Um, look, good, well-received, redundant action that I can't pretend to be incredibly up for, given that it's just, as you say, it's this is the feud at this particular junction that WWE are just doing a lot of. Um, note of bittersweet to it as well, given that we know that 
Big E could be doing something so much oh. more if that actually booked that thing um, correctly. But as far as WWE mid-card TV action goes, this is pretty much the, the peak of it. Yes, exactly. Um, in terms of, like you say, a, a nothing match, a nothing feud, if we're perfectly honest. Um, I just I just think that they can, they get excitement out of stuff that, this should have got the same reaction, let's be honest, that the Zia Lee-Natalia match got, but because it's these four guys, let's give them all credit, uh, they can they can really make it a quite a thrilling rubber match for the for with nothing on the line, basically. Um, I like the fact I was just thinking about it there. So you've got, I mean, I don't know if they're going to be involved in the title match or whatever, but you've got Big E threatening to run people over, Drew McIntyre trying to behead people with his sword, uh, Ronda Rousey breaking breaking people's arms for fun. And Brock Lesnar, as we'll see later on, murdering everyone. There's all your baby faces for WrestleMania, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, then we got, uh, I won't spend too much time analysing, Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura driving around in their, their uh, Toyota Tundra and going kayaking or something. Nice to see Shinsuke's not that bothered about losing the IC title. Um, you can drive my kayak. <laughs> um, Seamus and Ridge Holland uh, sort of chatting to slash threatening the New Day. Uh, Seamus wants a match, but New Day drives off and this makes Seamus angry. So they're probably going to destroy the ATV, I assume. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, and then we get uh, little Sam Roberts. Little Sam. <laughs> Here he is. Uh, he's chatting to the Usos, uh, and they're hyping up the big contract signing for the biggest, best WrestleMania match ever. They said this quite a lot throughout the show, um, and they get talked. They get uh, asked about the Viking Raiders and the non-match that didn't happen uh, <laughs> at uh, Elimination Chamber, and they say, "Oh, well, uh, they're going to want that title shot, but uh, they're so smelly, we can probably smell them coming." And then they literally attacked. From the way they are facing. If we're going to berate AW for this, we're calling out WWE for it just the same. They attack in the complete eyeline of the Usos, but they beat down the Usos and demand a title shot. And I still don't care whatsoever about this match or feud. No, me neither. Let's move on. Uh, well, let's uh, get to Zia Lee's in-ring debut. It's only taken, Sige, 77 days. It's the Fed. So they recapped uh, Natalia and the Aaliyah thing for a few weeks back and Zia Lee, the protector, making the save. Uh, and before the match, uh, Zia Lee cut a promo saying she'd worked her whole life for this moment, or she'd waited for this moment, worked hard in NXT, dreamt of this match. It's kind of a given, isn't it, when you move up from NXT, you find Natalia. Uh, <laughs> she uh, talks about being nervous, but also confident. She said, hey, tonight Natalia's going to need protection. And then for some reason we saw... Shayna Baszler, Drew Gulak, Aaliyah and Mansoor all stood backstage for some reason watching this. Um, and then we got the match. And unsurprisingly, the fans couldn't really care less about this. Um, there was, I think there was a Hershey chocolate chant at one point, which <laughs> credit to him for trying to salvage this. Pat McAfee claimed was a Zia Lee's got it chant. Um, but it was your basic, what, four or five minute establishing match that it, we, it, we all knew how. you I could have asked you on Friday to predict the move for move almost of this. You know, Zia Lee 
starts doing well. She le- leaps over Natalia, hits her with a drop kick, but then Natalia avoids a scoop slam and hits that discus clothesline of hers for a pinfall that we all know not he's not going to get to three. Uh, Natalia puts her in the abdominal stretch to slow things down in a four-minute match. Um, then Lee fights back, suplexes Natalia. Natalia fights back and goes for the sharpshooter, but Lee escapes and then hits her with that spinning wheel kick of hers, which always looks devastating, possibly because I have flashbacks to what she did to Mercedes Martinez with it. Uh, and Zia Lee gets the one, two, three. What did you make of her in-ring debut, usage? It's impossible to make anything of it realistically. The fans didn't care. You kind of are familiar with the beats. And it's just a, a premise that completely undermines itself. The whole idea now is completely shot to pieces. In concept, this was meant to introduce a new act to the WWE universe. And you're meant to be wowed by this flattering display in which her best stuff is showcased. And she comprehensively defeats the veteran. And it should feel like an emerging new force with the potential to transform the division and to conquer it or whatever. Mm. But WWE's track record of creating and developing new stars is so dire that the only thing you can do is just watch it and think, well, if it's taken us 77 days to reach this point, they clearly aren't that interested. Um, If you looked at what Natalia was doing three, four weeks before this, you can't possibly think it's going to make any difference to anything because where's Alea? And I know that the Alea thing was presumably meant to set this up and Zia the real quiz, the real one you should be looking into. But like Natalia, they overestimate her ability as this sort of gatekeeper who can give you a solid match and who's got this um, level of, commands a level of respect as this scalp where if you beat Natalia, this solid hand. Female Dolph so- Ziggler, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just got no credibility. And the match was just there for a lot of it <laughs> yeah the finish was a close call in terms of is she hitting that far too hard and again there's just no investment if you are not a goldfish it's impossible to watch something like this and think well it's one to track this is a star that i'm going to have to get invested in it's just a total waste of time mm. When I WWE... disagree with that. I think you'll find Shotzi was on the show later. So, you know, you're going to be eating your words in a bit, Sige. I'm sure I will, I, for that. <laughs> Don't, as simply as I could possibly put it, WWE will have to be consistently good or at least productive or ambitious and consistent for a full calendar year before I can watch something like this without thinking or feeling nothing. give me a full calendar year of restoring trust and I'll be able to watch something like this and think was I impressed with this move or the the thought enough about a character or whatever I can take this seriously and think of the next program she might be a full calendar year and otherwise I'll be as numb and as dispassionate as I am on virtually every WWE related (laughs) podcast I'm going to make you one of those signs for the office. You know, like, it has been X days since our last accident. <laughs> it's like, it's been X days since WWE completely undermined our trust in the creative process. There yes, is no absolutely. chance in hell you'll get into it. Not even 365. Three digits, Sige. I don't know why we're bothering. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It might even not reach double. Like, there's, there's a seven-week gap between each show, so... 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, uh, let's move on to uh, someone who is the few shining lights of uh, Friday Night Smite. Now, that's Sami Zayn. He comes out looking the most Sami Zayn he's looked in recent weeks. A golden tuxedo. His hair's sort of done, but it's that all over the place Sami Zayn here. uh, And uh, he's cutting his promo saying he finally got justice. Never mind about the fact that the balloons and the carpet don't match or anything like that. He's, uh, he's regained this IC title. He's overcome the conspiracy against him. People are asking, is there a conspiracy? Is there not? You're champion now. Because, of course, it's real. But I'm so bloody good, I can still overcome it. And he wants some respect from the fans. And he says, look, I'm a fair champion. I'm a better champion than Shinsuke ever was. I'll give Nakamura a rematch just as soon as he's pieced his knee back together, that is. Uh, and he says, look, I'll take on any and all challenges whenever. And of course, this brings out Johnny Knoxville, uh, who comes down to the ring uh, and gets a great reaction as well um, and says, well, uh, seeing as you interrupted our premiere uh, for Jackass Forever, well, I'm here to crash your celebration uh, on a title match. And Zane says, ah, yeah, not you. You don't belong here. Uh, and Knoxville says, hey, look, it's fine if you, if you don't want to face me. What's the problem? You got no balls. Uh, and there's a no balls chant, Johnny chant, all that. Uh, and Zayn goes to leave, but then doubles back and nails Johnny Knoxville in the face, hits him with a halluva kick. Uh, and as referees come in to separate things, hits him with another halluva kick and uh, gets deafening boos for attacking this 
man of the people, Johnny Knoxville, uh, to end quite an enjoyable segment, I thought. Yeah, I didn't hate this whatsoever. Again, Sami Zayn's commitment to the character, showing us, like, everything that Stephanie McMahon refused to do. Yes. However many years ago, Sami Zayn does it with his hairstyle, much less yeah. every <laughs> aspect of his performance. He looks like an absolute idiot who doesn't even know that wetting his hair a little bit makes him even more of an idiot. It's, he's just got it. He's willingly making himself look like a complete tosser with the idea being that when he finally gets his, it's going to create catharsis within the audience. He's class. I love the idea of Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville because, I've, as I've said one million times, I'd rather WWE did a daft thing they cared about than a good version like a, a quote-unquote good wrestling version of the something they couldn't care about. They care about preserving celebrities and making them look good in this context. So actual effort will be applied. It has been applied here. Um, so I'm all for this absolute freak show. The dafter WWE gets, the better it is, or at least the more WWE it is. I'm completely up for all of this. Um, Johnny Knoxville's brain injury history is frightening, but mm. it's kind of difficult to play safety police about Johnny Knoxville. Like, <laughs> Indeed. A, a match with Sami Zayn is probably the safest thing he's done in his entire career as a performer. Yeah, I was watching a, a podcast with him, obviously to promote Jackass Forever, and uh, I don't know if it's a clip from the new film or they were talking about an old film. There's a bit where, unsurprisingly, surprise, surprise, Johnny Knoxville gets nailed by a bull, um, you know, just knocked off his feet, knocked out cold, basically. Uh, and they were talking about the fact that he had to do it twice. And they think on the first one, he fractured a rib, but he watched it back and went, uh, let's do it again. It's not, doesn't really look as good. So I'll, I'll really get clattered by this ball the second time. So like you say, it's kind of difficult to, to talk about protecting him. But hey, considering WWE's recent track record of celebrities, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what this looks like. And like you say, as much as I'd like to sit here and stroke my chin and say, well, what if they just tried to, you know, run back Zayn Nakamura from TakeOver, but at WrestleMania with the IC title? No, they, they wouldn't, would they? They'd, they'd pr maybe even promote it, but then they'd get to the day and go, eight minutes, lads? Do you want to just, just really condense that down and just hit all the big moves and, and it wouldn't be like you say, what we'd want. So WWE far more invested in celebrity encounters, which is sports entertainment. At this point, I'm going to try and phrase this as sensitively as possible. At this point, if you are still like eulogizing what was once the Intercontinental title mm -hmm. and you wish for WWE to restore it to its former glories, this thing, this title peaked literally before I entered puberty, and I am 37 years old in <laughs> September of this year, you need to... It's not, like, it's not an unironic touch of grace. You literally need to do something to tether yourself back to reality. Like I'm not trying to be facetious about this. It's the truth. If you're saying in your head something to the effect of they shouldn't treat the intercontinental title this way at WrestleMania, like you need to get a literal reality check. I don't know what you've been watching all no. of this time, other than maybe a, a Finn Balor or insert 
popular work rate guy saying, I'm going to bring the prestige back to this title. They've been saying that they need to bring the prestige back to the title longer than the actual title itself was prestigious. If this scans is a disgrace to you, it's like a sacrilegious treatment. Yeah. Well, get a reality check. Seriously, I don't know what else to tell you. It is not going to be treated like it was in the late, mid 80s to early 1990s. Yeah. Get a reality check. My goodness. Hmm. This doesn't mean like it did in the old days that Knoxville's one step away from a world title. It's not the same. It's not the stepping stone. No, 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 no. Um, right, Zane's in the back following this segment, uh, apologising to Boseman Pierce for attacking Knoxville. I like the fact he just said, it's not my fault. What? Yeah, it was. But that's Sammy Zane justifying his own mind. And Ricochet rolls up and says, oh, I heard you talking about title opportunities. Uh, I fancy one next week. So it was made official. We're getting the IC title defended on next week's show. We'll preview that on Friday, of course. And then, I mentioned her earlier, we got Shotzi versus Sasha Banks. It went two minutes. Yeah. No, no entrance for Shotzi. Um, you had uh, Naomi on commentary for this, but it was it was a squash, basically. Uh, again, you did have Shotzi slowing the pace down in a two-minute match. But it's Sasha Banks hits all the big stuff. Meteor off the second turnbuckle. Um, Shotzi lifts uh, Banks in the air off her knees. But as Banks comes down, she hits with a code breaker. Uh, gets her in the bank statement. Taps her out, like I said, within 120 seconds. Um, and the key thing here was the post-match where Naomi jumped in the ring. And I wondered what on earth they were going to do. And Naomi announced that her and Sasha are now inexplicably a tag team. And they want the women's tag team titles that I genuinely had forgotten were a thing. Oh Christ Almighty! This this match was what was that? What waste of time! Shot. Welcome back, Sasha. <laughs> not intimidating. You just sound like a complete and utter geek. I've got to In tell the- you. I've got to tell you. I'm, Anne Louise is going for some work drinks on on Thursday, and I'm I've been invited along. Right? Guess where it is. Welcome to the ball pit. It's in a ball pit in in, in Newcastle. So I'm gonna have to send you my impression of Shotzi when we're there. Yeah, absolutely. Put it on Twitter as well. Put it on Twitter as well. You got tapped out in two minutes. What's going on? This match was really not good for what it was. Three minutes of content. All I remember from it was Shotzi and Sasha, like, trying to power out of and reverse the momentum for suplex exchanges, and then there was just the finish. Yeah, Like, what a boring waste of time that did nothing to flatter Shotzi. That did nothing to portray Sasha as someone who's far above Shotzi's level. Just a really tedious suplex game. <laughs> I just still looked like not a struggle, just like they couldn't get on the same page. Like lots of like terrible, like really not good at all this. Uh, and it, yeah, I suppose it's all about the, Odd couple tag team who are just shoved together because we kind of want you on the WrestleMania card. And we've also been pushing Naomi for quite some time now. Yeah. Oh, God. I can't care less. I mean, that's that's the big match. If someone asks me, what are you excited about for WrestleMania 38? I'm like, oh, I just can't call this this uh, women's tag title match. That's definitely going to end with Sasha and Naomi holding the belts. But I suppose they will restore the prestige back to those belts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, that have been featured on telly, well, 
let's be honest, Carmel has been featured more on Delhi because of her boring new reality TV series where she shags, what's his name, Corey Graves, more than she is as a world tag team champion. Anyway, uh, right, they recap Elimination Chamber and Mad Cat Moss nearly dying because of the the uh, botch on the Alabama Slam or, you know, what, inverted Alabama Slam, I suppose. Um and uh, yeah, Corbin reveals, ruining our preview from Friday, that he's decided to take Madcap Moss's place in this match. So they get down to the ring and uh, we're going to get Drew versus uh, Corbin. Uh, and they bang on about Corbin being undefeated, which I was just like, no, but OK, you're just going to. That's the way you're going to try and sell this match, I suppose. Um, and then Corbin talks to McIntyre, cuts a promo saying, you know, this is a WrestleMania worthy match. You sure you want to fight me? You sure you want to lose here in bloody uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania? Uh, and then Corbin Swerve has decided that Mad Cat Moss, because he's so bloody hard for not breaking his neck with that botch in Saudi Arabia, he can take the match instead. Uh, skip, skip. I've seen this. I've seen this so many times. I've seen yeah. it on premium live event. I've seen it on television. It was the age-old thing. Uh, they teased doing the spot again that nearly killed Madcap Moss, but thankfully he grabbed the ropes this time. Uh, Moss took control just before the break, because he or during the break, sorry, because he sent McIntyre into the barricade. Uh, usual stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, Madcap Moss is a great worker. He's a good worker. He's you know got some real potential, but I've seen this match so many times. McIntyre hits him with the belly to belly suplex, sets up the Claymore. Corbin causes a distraction. Moss rakes the eyes and uh, uh, sends him into the post and DDTs him. That gets a near fall. But as Moss tries to do something else coming off the ropes, he gets hit with the Claymore. One, two, three, Sige. Yeah. Do you want to get to the main event? Yeah. Thank goodness. Okay. Uh, and it was uh, the WrestleMania contract signing champion versus champion title unification winner take all, all that sort of thing. Universal champion Roman Reigns, WWE champion Brock Lesnar. And again, I thought this was absolutely sensational, Sige, because of the fact that Roman Reigns made his entrance and I could say five minutes. Uh, skip, 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 skip. Okay, they're finally in the ring. Um, uh, there's the bloodline surrounded by. Uh, uh, all the security there for everyone's safety. Uh, Reigns demands that Hershey acknowledges him. Uh, again, Heyman reiterates, this is the biggest match in WrestleMania history. It's big bigger than Hogan versus Andre, bigger than Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock, bigger than the night that he ended The Undertaker's streak. Well, he gives a little bit of credit to Brock Lesnar for, for helping out with that as well. Um, and yes, so we're going to get down to business. Title unification. Um, which is changed now. So I suppose that's the end of the brand split, which we'll probably talk about in more detail later on this week. Um, but yes, that's the contract signing for the biggest match of all time. Um, and uh, hell of a lead into the ad break. I thought this from Paul Heyman talks about security being here to protect Brock Lesnar from his own impulsiveness, as well as protect him from the tribal chief Roman Reigns. And he says, and that ladies and gentlemen is a cliffhanger. Uh, takes us into the break when we come back. Pat McAfee, as I mentioned earlier, announces that Vince McMahon is going to be in studio for an interview on Thursday. I realise we're getting excited and we're going to talk about this main event in the sex age, but just take a quick diversion. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I might decide that we don't release any podcasts that day because I don't want to clutter the feed for the most highly anticipated Pat McAfee podcast, in my opinion, ever. 
Yeah. What time is it? UK time. I don't I don't know or care. I will be staying up to watch this because I mean, I'll, I will have to stay up and watch it and then watch it again and then watch it a third time with subtitles because I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Well, <laughs> like you also might have to do it sort of in gimmick to set up a WrestleMania match is bonkers. Yeah, two seconds. Pat McAfee show, what time is it on? Uh, 12 to 3 p.m. EST. Oh, that might be quite reasonable for us. PM EST UK time is oh, five o'clock. Oh, might watch it on the Metro Home and give my way to give you do some live stream reactions to it. That's what I'm gonna pick. Nah, I'll be on, I'll be on nursery duty. I mean, I'd, I'd like <laughs> to see if man make a tit of himself, but you know, not that much. You'll be there it's so ups and downs from Vince McMahon on Pat McAfee's podcast. It's absolute insanity. Like the idea is they are absolutely desperate to shift tickets because the optics of a third empty WrestleMania stadium are terrible. They love that panoramic shot. They can't shoot it like they shoot a two-thirds full raw where they can just ignore that what that which is on the hard camera side and not do the sweeping. Look at how many people are here. They can do it from a certain angle, but they need that shot. Mm. That the the bird's eye view of the full stadium for the fireworks display. They, they have to sell every ticket. And the, the, instead of, you know, creating stars that you can get invested in for a calendar year, like Big E potentially doing a really good title run. No, no, no. We need 76-year-old Vince McMahon to work a match against, I thought Pat McAfee was excellent against Adam Cole, but the idea is he's not a well-trained professional wrestler who can do the most safe job possible with a 76-year-old guy who can barely even string a sentence, whose verbal segments with Austin Theory are so clearly pre-taped and require so many cuts. Just the visual of this version of Vince McMahon making an entrance. Can you remember, you might not have started watching wrestling at this point, as a guy, Terry Gordy, right? Mm. Incredible worker incredible worker, one of the fabulous Freebirds, had an incredibly distinguished run um, in Japan. And then he had um, like a big sort of serious um, medical thing in the early 90s. And he just wasn't the same bloke. Like he was not the same bloke. Like there was enough about him where he could work a match still. Mm-hmm. Like the muscle memory was there. He kind of knew what he was doing, but it was just there was no one there behind the eyes. Genuinely quite eerie. He was brought in um, to the WWF in 1996 by Michael Hayes as um, Freebird partner mm-hmm. as a favour. Like, Terry's not doing well. Um, Terry's not the same guy that he was. Um, I'm kind of worried about Terry. Can we get him in for a run just to sort of add some meaning to his life? And the question that's probably d- did get asked, but they didn't think about it enough was, well, He's suffered quite a big brain injury. Mm. Um, not the same guy. He's very troubled. He's not well. Um, is it gross and negligent to get him in the ring? As it transpired, mercifully, it kind of went by without incident. He didn't injure anyone or whatever. But it was just, you watch him make his entrance, and it's like, Jesus Christ, that's a guy with a significant brain injury yeah, um, yeah. on television. 
And I'm not saying that Vince McMahon has got a significant brain injury, but they run the risk of giving him one. Mm. And you're going to get that same thing where it's like, there's a guy who's got no business being in the ring whatsoever. And at least like Gordy is the executioner worked The Undertaker. He was pretty well-versed in working a very, very basic, limited monster of the week match. Um, everything could not, everything went smoothly. He was in there with a pro. Uh, Pat McAfee's great at wrestling, but he's not a pro. Like, li- li- uh, there's going to be some kind of bait and switch with um, Austin Theory, but Vince knows that if he's putting himself on the marquee, he has to do something. Yeah. Whether it's a spot, whether he takes something. Uh, we know in the past that he's been taking headbutts when he wasn't in position to be taking headbutts. My God, this has got potential to be a total and utter disaster. And, you know, I take no joy from the thought of, oh, something could go badly wrong with Vince McMahon. Like, I don't like the guy's booking, and I think he's a complete cock in terms of his ethics and what he's done over the years. But I don't want to see him no, no. potentially suffer something horrendous at WrestleMania. This is just incredibly negligent, the most corny of things that's ever happened. I can't even, like, form a take on it, realistically. I'm just... And scarcely, scarcely believe what on earth is going on. Still excited for the podcast. I mean, I'm just going to try and treat it sensitively. He probably doesn't deserve to be uh, treated sensitively because Vincent Land, given everything he's done over the years, but the human being in me doesn't want to watch what could realistically happen. I can't wait. No, he's going to go on there, and the job is get riled up and then challenge him to a match at WrestleMania, but he's going to be like, so WrestleMania. So, looking forward to that on Thursday. Anyway, back to this uh, WrestleMania contract signing. Out comes WWE champion Brock Lesnar. Um, and he says that the only thing keeping him from kicking Reigns and, uh, Reigns and Heyman's ass uh, is this contract and himself. Uh, never mind all this bloody stupid security. Uh, and he signs a contract and throws it at Roman Reigns and says, sign it so I can kick both your asses at WrestleMania. Uh, and so Reigns signs. And uh... oh, and amongst all this, Heyman says, oh, by the way, this isn't going to be a title unification match. And I thought, what? And then he said, oh, that's because you're going to lose your title in Madison Square Garden next Saturday. Uh, Ro- uh, Roman then signs and uh, gets the mic from uh, Heyman and just... Cuts this awesome promo. He says, Brock, you, you must be confused. You see, that WWE championship you're holding, that's mine. And you just don't know it. You've got no hope at WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar. This is my ring. He says, this is my belt. This cameraman, he works for me. This is my show. All the people that work for the show, they really work for me. Uh, the commentary team goes to the outside, says they work for me. Look at that big WrestleMania sign. That's, that's mine because I am WrestleMania Everyone here works for me, including the security in the ring. And they all turn to face Brock Lesnar. And there's just that buzz of anticipation because we know what we're about to see. And we got it. Lesnar murdered every single one of them. He not only did the old, you know, like double clothesline or whatever you'd normally expect. He just like anything that's nearby, he just streets the rage at people, just chair, that gets chucked at you. The big long table, the big fancy table they've got, not the usual, just sort of wooden table. He picks that up and I think he hit like three people to knock them over with it. Um, beats everyone down in the ring, uh, gives one of the security goobers an F5 and stares down Reigns for an electric ending to Friday Night Smackdown. Amazing. 
Right? Absolutely <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I don't feel anything when I watch this show usually. Any kind of WWE presentation, I feel nothing when I watch Raw. I usually feel nothing when I watch SmackDown. When I watch, when I watch NXT 2.0, I feel perverse enjoyment. But even then, I'm still bored. It's just... So much of this is just meaningless mm. content done in this weird synthetic way that I do not like. This was completely and utterly antithetical to everything WWE does. It felt big time. It felt major. It felt combustible. It felt chaotic. Um, it felt like an absolute main event, just home run of a segment. And what was so great about Will Bourne is that if you are stupid enough to watch this television show on a weekly basis without getting paid, you, uh, your investment was actually paid off. Roman Reigns for the past however many weeks, knowing that Brock Lesnar is circling him. He has tried to maintain the facade of this ice-cold picture of composure, unflappable, I'm the Don, I'm the King, I run all of this, I'm ice-cool, I'm Roman Reigns, acknowledge me. He's just so great at radiating this aloof sort of, I'm in control presence at all times. Now that Lesnar's circling him, for the past however many weeks, he's been threatening. And the, the performance is so good. It's remarkably good for WWE. Mm, so yeah. over the past however, however many weeks, he's been threatening to say something in an angry register before keeping himself in check and realizing, no, no, you've got a facade mm-hmm. to present here. So he's been threatening to say something like this and then just sort of go easing back into the correct register of the facade. Now that Lesnar's sat opposite him, he's flapping because he knows he's in trouble. And he all the last however many weeks of television informs this explosive rant where he basically has his training day Scarface moment where he's like, I'm going to very loudly shout because I can't maintain the composure anymore. So I'm, I'm threatened and I'm going to be very aggressive in response. His promo was so good. His performance Roman Reigns is so incredible that Brock Lesnar sat there and he doesn't he never gets his Wikipedia run out rang out does he you know what's this because they don't have to he's Brock Lesnar and yet Roman Reigns is so phenomenal in his role that when he says the words I'm gonna smash you at WrestleMania the way the way Roman Reigns says smash I believe that he can, in fact, smash someone who's could kill him in a real fight. He can mm. murder Roman Reigns in a real fight, but his verbiage and his delivery is so goddamn great that when he says "smash" in that particular way, it's like, I believe it. It reminded me of uh, you seen. Have you seen Dead Man's Shoes? I love Dead Man's Shoes. I have not seen it. Oh, I know that's, I that's, that's what I should. Paddy, Paddy Considine, I think it is. And there's a bit where he just goes up to this guy, and you know, there's all you know, like oh, best best threatening lines in, in Hollywood history, and it's all sort of overly dramatic, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sly Sloan. Paddy Constantine just walks over to this guy and goes, "I'm gonna hit you," and it's more terrifying than "I'm gonna kill your whole family" or anything like that, because he's just like, "You see this, mate? You're there, right? And I'm gonna hit you." That's all he says. Like you say, I'm going to smash you. And you're like, oh, my God, these two are going to kill each other at WrestleMania. So that was awesome. Roman was over uh, over, and he was awesome. And the security thing was great. I, ought, I tell you, I feel nothing, right? I feel no enjoyment. I see a match, and they're going through sort of an emulation of a super indie match on Raw. And I'm thinking, oh, Christ, this is, there's no love to this. There's nothing. I feel nothing. I feel so little. When Brock Lesnar smashed that geek security guard in the face with a chair. <laughs> I audibly gasped and was just into it so much. Yeah. 
Brock Lesnar throwing a chair around. Not only did it look like he could have decapitated the guy, Brock Lesnar could throw the chair at the WrestleMania sign. In fact, he should do it. <laughs> That's how far he could throw it if he wanted. So Remember when he lobbed the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase? Yeah. So the idea is like he could throw that into the rafters and yet he's instead doing it in someone's face. Awesome. <laughs> the whole thing is awesome. Um, I love this feud, this program. And it, this company, there would not be an AEW if they got this version of Roman Reigns right in 2014, 15. Yeah, yeah. It's only because they persisted with it and everyone's like, oh, well, this is what WWE is now. I'm not blaming Roman for that. I'm blaming Vince McMahon for that. If they just listened to everyone and said, turn him heel, turn him heel, that's what he is, that's what we want him to be, and he'd be awesome at it. Legitimately, if they'd done this, who knows what the wrestling landscape would look like. Mm. Truly, truly. If they had kept their audience that otherwise they hemorrhaged by giving them what they wanted, not being so antagonistic and competitive about it, who knows what the wrestling world will look like because Roman Reigns is incredible. If you were working as security for a segment like this, right, Sige? I'd ask they, for a lot of time. Well, yes. But they say to you, right, Michael, um, two options. You can either be the guy who Brock Lesnar F5s three times, just to really make a point to Roman Reigns, or be the guy who's just in there to take a few bumps, get knocked out of the ring, but he's going to chuck a chair at you. Which one would you rather take? Oh, my God, I'll take the F5. <laughs> I'll take the F5 three times. It's getting a chair. It's not like a steel chair, but it's like, it's, you know, it's something I could knock you cold. Delivered like a bullet in your face, except it's like one... Uh, God, Brock Lesnar rules. <laughs> you just before you go out there, Brock, just to double check, you are going to throw the you know the big solid back bit of the chair, the nice big bit that I can block with my hands. You're going to throw that at me first, aren't you? And he just shrugs and goes, maybe. And he's just like, well, let's yeah. go wheels first right into your dome. But yeah, an epic conclusion to a yeah bog rubbish. Yeah, bog bog standard, i.e., not that great episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But my God, did this make me excited for WrestleMania? Uh, this ending to the show. Let us know your thoughts on that and everything we've discussed today on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the AW Rampage review coming a little bit later on today. And then myself and the Dadly Boys will be looking ahead to Monday Night Raw. But for now, this has been the SmackDown review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.